Welcome to The Road Back to You. Looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram. My name is Ian Cron. And I'm Suzanne Stubiel. And we are glad that you're here. have a very exciting day. We've been on this journey, kind of walking through the different numbers on the Enneagram, or I should say the personality styles that appear, the nine personality styles that appear on the Enneagram, speaking with people who uh, incarnate or identify with each of those of those numbers. And uh, today, we've got actually someone who's a good friend of mine, Michael Gunger, who's going to be on, brilliant musician, brilliant artist, and a five or observer, as they're called on the Enneagram. Suze, tell folks about a little bit about the observer. Fives are people who have a limited amount of energy, and it's kind of like manna. You get this same amount every day, but you don't get any extra. Mm. So they have to use that energy very carefully. Fives are thoughtful people. They're in the head triad, and they kind of live their lives in their heads. They think people like you and I waste an awful lot of energy emoting. Mm. Um they are um, good at many things. Mm-hmm. They're thinking dominant, so they think through everything. And they try to think through to their feelings. They do. And when they make it, it's magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to find that there's a lot of magic uh, with, uh, with Michael. And um, you, you hear it, for example, when you listen to The Liturgists, which is a, 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 just a wonderful podcast he has with our friend Science Mike, who right. we had on talking about nines, right? right? And uh, Michael is just uh, a remarkable person. And you're going to hear, I think, something in the way he sees the world that gets reflected in his music that is so artful and different. So let's uh, go to him. Let's do. Michael Gunger. How's it going? It's going great, my friend. How are you doing? Doing well, thank you. Good. Hi, Michael. Hi there. That's my friend Suzanne Stabile, my partner in crime on this podcast, which is about looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram and about other things as we feel the fancy to talk about them. And Michael, tell us a little bit about, I mean, you know, you, know, you and I know each other, um, but tell us a little bit about how you discovered the Enneagram and, you know, maybe the role it's had in your personal development. Where did I discover it? Um, I th- I think just a friend told me about it, and told me it kind of was had messed with them a little bit. And I'm not usually a fan of. I mean, I I've taken a lot of the personality tests and stuff, um, and while I I like them, I liked them okay. I felt some of my experience with them in high school and stuff, our youth group took them and it, it, it became a little bit of a pigeonholing thing where everybody was like, well, yeah, he's a, you know, he's an INTP. That's why he's being like, and I just got a little annoyed at that. Um, maybe it's my four wing, stronger four wing. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be you know, put into some sort of group. Um, but, but then when I read, you know, I read a couple uh, 
books about it and, and did the online thing and discovered I was a five. And at first it wasn't the more, I guess the more I, I dug into it, it was, it was quite, uh, I don't know if it was enlightening about myself, but it was it, it, at the time I had felt kind of like, uh, a little alien and alone. And it, it did help me to realize, oh, there's other strange people like me out there. And, yeah. and I really liked the, the thing I liked best about it was the direction of how, how it kind of showed you integration and stress and kind of how you tend to move rather than just saying, here's what you are and this is where you stay. I liked kind of the, the flexibility of it to, to help you see how you might be moving in stress and moving into integration. Um, and I thought that was, that was a really healthy aspect of it. It wasn't so much just a pigeonholing. This is what you are. Um, but here's kind of where you hover and you can kind of see how stress is affecting you and, and, and see some, you know, here are some possible indicators. Reasons for that. That's health. a good thing too for you because when fives are stressed, they go to seven, which is a very big move on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, that was weird. You're so different today. What's up with that? So in terms of the piece of uh, recognizing that there are other people like you, do you find that as a five, you um, at least your thinking is a little more cynical perhaps than other people or like you see things differently than other people in the room do when they're all talking? Do you kind of think, well, yeah, but what about this? Does that happen yeah. to you? Yes, all the time. That's and when that, Go ahead. I mean, that's sort of my whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because connections or belonging is important to all of us, even though you probably don't need a lot of time with people and a lot of uh, affection from people and all of that, still, to feel like there's a, a place where you belong is comforting, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. What would you say... Um, is the best thing about being a five? Um, I feel like being able to kind of put myself in different perspectives allows me to uh, experience the world as totally insane. It does not get boring. I don't. I don't get bored. Right. <laughs> it's not right. a feeling I, I ever experienced. So. Um, being able to see from different, uh, kind of take myself out of, I don't know what, I mean, I go into my own head, I suppose, but in, but through different eyes in some ways, what it feels like anyway. Um, I don't know that, that helps me sometimes to experience empathy better. Um, but it also, you know, it's, it makes the world an interesting place for sure. The, it, it, the downside is it can really easily lead to a nihilistic sort of hopelessness at times. <laughs> right. But uh, when I'm healthy, it can be a lot of fun. You know, it's interesting. The uh, fires are called, oftentimes called the observer or the investigator. And I, in my experience with you, you're both, but you're a very, very, uh, very good observer and then able to report what you observe from a very 
unusual angle, you know, so that other people, in a way that you who hear your music and your lyric, can release your vision, you know, of the world, which is a, a great thing. But I have a question for you. Fives typically like to observe, but not be observed. Mm. And, you know, here you are as a performer, you know, oftentimes in front of thousands of people at a time. And I just wonder what that experience is like for you, being scrutinized and observed uh, as much as, as you are. Um, it took it took people like qu quite forcefully uh, urging me to be the center stage person. I I was always happier being in the band pit at church, mm. playing guitar, um, sitting down with my headphones, kind of just in the music right. in the band pit. And they kept saying, "No, you got to come forward and and lead because you can sing." I was like, "I don't no, I don't want to do that." Um, finally pulling me out I think I've never even thought of that how worship I wonder how if, if since worship was sort of my uh, path to the stage that was still a don't look at me sort of thing but a you know focus on God sort of world and then that switched to the art it really has still never been about I mean, we're about to do this tour in March, and the whole first act, and I've never connected this to my Enneagram, but I've, uh, the whole first act is going to be in the dark, and we're wearing, I'm wearing a black jumpsuit with a... <laughs> That's uh, perfect. With, with a, like a, an LED stick man on the front of it, and all you see is the stick man. <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> Can I have permission to just use that whole story to illustrate fives when I'm teaching? Yeah, of course, yeah. So, um... Often I say that fives aren't comfortable in the world. Could you talk a little bit about finding comfort on the stage that doesn't necessarily translate to comfort just out in the world? I don't know that it translates directly. I certainly found a way to be more comfortable on stage through the years. Um, and then, you know, being married to a... A fairly extroverted two, and kind of finding a balance in the force of our family. I've, I don't know. I, I feel like I've learned, um, I've, I've learned how to be more comfortable, um, and just kind of being more comfortable with who I am, sure. accepting who I am. And so, while I still am very comfortable blending into the background of a room and just observing what's happening, um, if I'm intrigued. By the conversation, I'm very, very happy to jump in more than ever at this point and not feel like I have to. I don't feel as unsafe from the get-go as I used to. Um, mm -hmm. I used to have to know that I was safe before I'd jump in. And I've, I've learned how to just be a little bit more secure in feeling safe enough to... Because I, I don't know what... I don't know. I'm sure it's partially because I've experienced enough direct, maybe because of my publicness and having some of the things happen in social media that have happened with us and stuff where people have directly attacked me. Um, I've kind of seen the shunning and felt it and survived. Um, so I'm not as afraid of it anymore or something. I'm not sure. But uh, so when we're talking about thinking, feeling, and doing, which all have to do with uh, centers of the Enneagram. There's a teaching that 
fives are thinking dominant and that that's supported by feeling. Uh, and then doing kind of comes in a, a long, slow third. And mm. so fives have often told me that when people don't agree with them, it kind of hurts their feelings, that there are feelings attached to the way they think. And so it's not just an offhanded conversation about disagreeing with a thought. Are you getting past that, do you think? In, or, or have you ever experienced that? I don't feel like my feelings get hurt very easily. Um, you don't have to talk to I, speak to that. If that doesn't fit, that's fine. No worries. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I, I at this point, I don't, I can't, I'm sure it's a little different than it used to be. I, you know what? I used to be more, I really wanted everybody to see my thoughts and give validity to my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And if there was disagreement, that was a big deal. I had to get into a debate about it. I'm much more comfortable at this point disagreeing about thoughts and and see it as an opportunity to make my thoughts sharper. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So, hey, I have a question for you. We were in New York City together, I don't know, three, four, five months ago. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, we were walking down the street, and the topic of, maybe David brought up, your brother brought up the topic of the Enneagram, and, and you were kind of vacillating between you know, being a four, the individualist, and being a five, the yeah. observer. And so I'm just curious that, okay, so we, in the intervening four months since I last saw you, how, what was it that made the penny drop for you to sit out of five? I mean, I had been a five. I think your guys' conversation had made, I, I, had, I had thought I was a five before that conversation. Um, I think at the time, and I don't know, it feels like over the last several years, especially with my job being an artist, my four wing has become stronger, I think, or I don't know if it's possible, but it seems like, uh, it's, it's when I'm actively, uh, what, what is five, what if fives move towards an integration again, like an eight or something? Right. Eight. Um, which is more like kind of taking control and doing right. right. And that's sort of, right. Um, and I, since my job is taking control and do being an artist and finding, and I found a lot of value in beauty and art as far as philosophically and in my thoughts. Um, I don't know. I think for some reason my four felt particularly strong. So, and David, well, your brother Dave? was it? Yeah, I, I don't I can't remember if he really thought it was a four. Ian, you saw a lot of four in me. Whatever it was, the discussion was making me think about it. But afterwards, uh, I read I read some more about mm. both numbers. Um, and while I see some of some of each in me, there's just elements, especially when you take into account what have I been like for most of my life. Five becomes a lot clearer. You know, um, I want to. That's a that leads me to a question that I that I want to ask you. Interestingly, so we haven't spoken about wings with the, the folks who are listening to our podcast yet, and but it does occasion uh, this moment to say that. Uh, so you know, by way of speculation, Bob Dylan is probably a five or a four wing. Hmm. And when you say you're a five, I know a little light goes off in my head that that might be true. So. Question for you related to what you just said, which is, what were you like as a child? 
I was uh, very shy. I was, um, well, eight and nine was a little early. Once I was 10, I got into my guitar and that's, I just would stay in my room and play guitar all the time. Um, I was a, I was a little, um, let me think. I mean, I always did well in school and stuff, but I, I, and I, I went to a really small school, so I was comfortable with my friends. Um, but gosh, it's hard to, hard to remember what life inside eight year old mind was like, yeah. but, uh, I do remember, I mean, especially once I, when I got a little older in junior high and high school is when my, I started having tension in my inner world as far as, is any of this stuff that everybody's saying true? Mm. And, and really kind of feeling separate from everybody at that point, mm. kind of like everybody's doing these things and singing these things, believing these things. Are they true? But it was this just like really scary thing really yeah. deep inside. So, um, so let me, let me, uh, we're going to wrap up here in, in a second, but I want to make sure I, I wrap up um, maybe with asking a question maybe Suze has one, I'm not sure, but uh, the question I was going to ask you was what what would you want other people to know? What about your number, about being a five? What would you wish everybody would know about, about that? Other fives or other, just other... Other people in general. Other people in general. Um... Um, let me ask you this. What, what do you like most about being a five? I like, I like the ability to, did that, did that question not get recorded the last time? Uh, did we talk about that already? The being able to, be able to stand apart from everything and see. talk about that and it's there? Yeah. Okay. I can say it again. We're good. Okay. I, I, what what I loved about what you said about being a five was that you like the fact that you stand apart from other people and you think differently than they do, and there's a mm -hmm. place for that, and that there's an opportunity to engage life on multiple levels because of that way of thinking and seeing. Would that be a good summation of that for you? Hmm. So here's here's what I want to say as we close most people we would ask who are fives to be on our podcast would say no thank you <laughs> it was nice of you to think of me but I don't really want to and it it's because of that um, I think fives aren't sure of what other people want from them and they're not quite sure yeah. if they can deliver and I want you to know from my perspective you delivered so thank you so much well thank you Michael, yeah. hope I see you soon. Go ahead, say what you were going to say. Oh, I was just starting to self-diagnose of why I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad you did. I'd like to think it was because I was on the show. Yeah, you, you definitely were a part of it. Next okay. time, though, it'll be because I'm on the show, right? Yeah, I, do, I, I am really curious of hearing more from you. you sound, okay. I've, there uh, you go. Thanks, yeah. Michael. I love Michael Gunger.
an incredibly talented musician and spending time with him has, you know, guys enriched my life and listening to, and you know, his brother, David, equally as fascinating. I mean, they, got, they come from a weird gene pool. Like, I don't know how you generate that kind of talent in one family, but love to have known what the dinner table was like. I have a question for you, Suze, because we haven't spoken about wings. And so people who are new to the Enneagram may not know what Michael was talking about. Gives us a chance to, you know, just give us a little praises, a little touch of what they're about. Okay, well, wings are the number on either side of your number. And the general teaching is that you uh, are your core number and you have one of those wings for the first half of life and you add the other wing in the second half of life. And they essentially offer us balance unless you have a really big wing. So you could be a dead-on number. Like if you're an eight, you could be a dead-on eight, but you could be way around by seven or way around by nine. Right. And that's why I really like, one of the reasons I love the Enneagram is that it, it doesn't presume that you are perfectly anything. Exactly. Right? So that, you know, it's dynamic, it's fluid. You could be fuzzy towards seven. You could be, you know, if you were an eight or, you know, fuzzy over toward the nine side. And that's why sometimes it takes people a long time to figure out what number they are, right? So in Michael's case, with that five and four, I just want to comment on that for a second because that's a huge space. On and the he's Enneagram. pretty way around by four. Yeah, right? And so you have one foot in the mental triad, right? The thinking triad of five, and you've got that four in the heart space and the feeling space. Now, this is what makes a great artist, right? Um, Bob Dylan, I think, speculative, but five of the four. And I have to say that Michael does have that kind of iconoclastic, thoughtful approach to music and culture that because they have a, a foot in heart and in head, their music, their art can get us at two levels at the same time. And that's what makes, it's a double, it's like getting a double, you know, a right and a left hook. That's what I think is the magic a little bit with Michael's heart. So compelling. Yeah. So compelling. And I, we are never going to hear a story again from a five that tops that story of the first act of their new show. Yes. Every, that, that you, he's dressed in all black on yeah. an all black stage with a yep. white stick figure. Yeah. That is... So perfect. We can't make that up. No. And what's interesting about that story, right, is even uh, because of who that wing thing is, a four could tell that story, and it would be for different reasons that that, that appearance was what it was. Exactly. A four would uh, do all everything black with all black clothes to see if somebody would come find them. Yeah. All and that a five motivation. would do that to see if they could still do their thing, share their art, but not have to be a distraction from their art right. in their person. Mm. Well, this has been a great show. And as always, Suzanne, you're the best. Right back at you. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to The Road Back to You, looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram. Produced by Jim Chafee, engineered by Brad Bass. Our theme music is provided by the band Waterdeep from their album Moment, written by Lori Chaffer. Please visit our website, www.theroadbacktoyou.com, for news, more podcasts, and information on our public appearances around the country. And you can pre-order our book, The Road Back to You, an Enneagram journey to self-discovery at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. 
And join us next time when author of the book, Invisible Girls, Sarah the Barge will be with us. It'll be a great time. Come back. <laughs>